Well, good morning. My name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. It's good for us to, again, uh, gather together here. And I'm just going to go ahead and use this stand, but it's got to be set up right. Okay, the line's that way. Okay, good. All right. And we're going to leave the rope up here for now. We're going to read from Paul's letter to the Philippians, as, as Don was saying. And, and we're going to start at chapter 3, verse 17, and go through chapter 4, verse 3. All right? This is what Paul writes. He says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as often as as I, excuse me, for as I have often told you before, and I'll tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. All right. There we are. <laughs> For the last several weeks, if you've been with us, you, we've, been, we've been talking about the Apostle Paul, and what we've been talking about is his number one passion, his number one goal in life, the one thing that he wants to do more than anything else, and that is that he wants to know Jesus Christ, all right? He wants to know who Jesus Christ is. He wants to follow Jesus Christ. He wants to live for Jesus Christ. And, and we said that he wants, to, he wants to know Christ in his power. He wants to know Christ in in his suffering. Last week we talked about how, how Paul says, there's one thing I want to do. I want to take hold of the one who has taken hold of me. I love that picture. I want to take hold of the one who has taken hold of me. Paul says, I want to be like that little kid who's just clinging to mom or dad and just holding tightly to Jesus Christ. That is my passion. I want to know Jesus. And Paul says, but it doesn't end there. Because for Paul, knowing Jesus leads to another passion. And that passion is following Jesus. That passion is living out what Jesus calls us to live. Paul says, we're saved by grace. That makes me want to know Jesus with everything I've got. And now he says, I want to follow him. I want to live a life that honors him. I want to live the way he calls me to live, the way he invites me to live. And so what he does at this point in Philippians is he makes a bit of a shift. And he moves from saying, I want to know Christ to I want to follow Christ. I want to know Jesus, too. I want to follow Jesus. And, and so for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about that. What does it look like for us to follow Jesus Christ? How do we live in a way that honors Jesus Christ? And, and as we start, Paul starts by giving us three key instructions for following Jesus Christ. This morning, what we get are three key instructions for following Jesus Christ. Now, the first one is one we've talked about several times during the last several weeks, and so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but Paul starts off in verse 17, and he says, you got to find good role models. We talked about that, how, how what most of us learn things, not by, not, not by uh, just reading about it in a book, but we learn by watching somebody else. We learn by, 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 by seeing somebody else do it. If we want to learn to cook, we watch somebody who can cook. If we want to learn to fix a car, we watch somebody who can fix a car. We watch, and that's how we learn. And Paul says the same is true for following Jesus Christ. We need to find good role models. This is what he says. 
He says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, just as you look at us, follow us as role models, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. You've got to find good role models, all right? As I said, we've talked about that several times, so I'm going to leave that one there. You can go back and listen a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Timothy and Epaphroditus, and you'll hear a lot more about that. But I want to get to the next two because I think these two are, are essential for us in, in, in our lives today. The, 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 the second one he mentions is this. He says, don't, don't follow those who only live for today. Paul says, follow good examples, right? But don't follow those who only live for today. This is what he says. He says, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Verse 17, right? Have good role models. But then he says, for, because, because as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, and he's so passionate, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Paul says, you know what? There are those of us who live trying to to live for Jesus, there are also those who live as enemies. And Paul says, don't follow them. He says, their destiny is destruction. And then he has three phrases here. Three phrases that are, are really important for us to, to get. And, and they describe what it is to, to just live for today, all right? Their God is their stomach, he says. Their glory is in their shame. And their mind is set on earthly things. And what I want to do is just take a, a couple of minutes here and think about each one of those things. Because again, this is, this is in so many ways, you're going to see this. These phrases describe Paul's culture, but they also describe our culture. And if we're honest, they somewhat describe ourselves as well. So let me unpack those three statements. The first one he says is, their God is their stomach. Now, he's not saying, well, they worship their stomach, right? He's not saying, well, they they're worship their stomach like that. This is God here. No, it's not that. What they're saying, when, when Paul says their God is their stomach, he's saying it, that, that what they hunger for is what controls them. What they, what they thirst for is what controls them. What they want, what they, what, any urge they have, they are absolutely controlled by that. In, in a sense, their motto would be this. I want to feel good today. I want to feel good now. That's why I say don't follow those who live for today. Paul is saying there are some folks who just say, I want to feel good now. I, I, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. It doesn't work, friends. I'm thirsty. I want to drink. I want another alcoholic drink, I'll have another alcoholic drink. I got a sexual urge, I'm going to have sex. I have any urge. That's being controlled by your stomach. That's living for today. And, and in so many ways, we find ourselves in those situations where that is a huge temptation, right? Where we end up saying, I know it's not right, but I just need to feel better now. Some of you are, might remember a song, it was written in 1970, so not that many of you, but some of you will remember the song by Chris Christofferson, Help Me Make It Through the Night. And, and he talks there about saying, you know what, I'm having a bad day, so I just need somebody to hold me and to, to be intimate with me. And the bridge of the song, look at this, this is how the bridge of the song goes. He says, I don't care what's right or wrong. I won't try to understand. And then these words, let the devil have tomorrow, but tonight I need a friend. And you know what? That is so often the attitude with which we sin. Let the devil have tomorrow, but tonight I need a friend. You know what? I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I just have to feel better now. I know I shouldn't do this, but, but man, my day has been so lousy, so I'm going to indulge. I'm gonna, I deserve a break today, right? 
I deserve a break today. Things are too tough. Things are too difficult. And, and I just need to feel better now. I just need to feel better today. 19 years later, those great theologians, Queen, wrote a song that went like this. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Right? Some of you remember this one. I want it now. I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to have to. I want it now. I don't. I can't wait. Because all that matters is how I feel right now. All that matters is right now. I'm feeling not good and I want to feel good. And so I want it now. I can guarantee you, if you listen, you can think of a hundred songs if you stop and start looking at lyrics that have those messages. Let the devil have tomorrow. I want it all. I want it now. I can't wait. I, I, I need to feel better now. That's having your God as your stomach. Your God is your stomach when you say, I can't, I, I have to live for the now. And it'll kill us. Their glory is in their shame. Paul says, watch out for these people who, who only live for today because their glory is in their shame. What he's talking about here is he's saying, you know what, there are things we do that we should be ashamed of. There are things that we do that we should be ashamed of that are wrong. Paul says, what we do is we glory in them. If there's a phrase for these folks or for us when we're acting like this, you won't believe what I did. Man, last night, I got so drunk. It was so funny. We had such a crazy time. And Paul said, you should be ashamed of this. This is not something to be proud of. Man, I laid that person out online. I just told them off. And it was so cool. You should be ashamed of, not speaking the truth, but the way you did. And yet we glory in it. Because there's no judgment. There's no worrying about tomorrow. I just said, look at me. Some of us have clothing or handbags that have certain names on them and we paid way too much for it so that people could know we have it and rather than being ashamed that we just pay way too much now again i'm not saying you can't enjoy good things we'll talk about that in a minute man we should be ashamed of how much we spend on some things i should be at least but instead of being ashamed we can brag about it we brag about it and we say, look at what I am. I'm winning. Their glory is in their shame. They're just living for today. Watch out for these people and their mind is set on earthly things. Their mind is set on earthly things. Paul says when they do look forward, it's never beyond really <laughs> this earth. They never look forward to the then, to the heaven, new heaven and the new earth. And, and, and I think if I, there's a statement for these folks, it's, it's, I want to win now. I want to win in this world. If I plan for anything, it's, it's, it's trying to get that bigger house. It's trying to get that bigger car. It's trying to get that bigger reputation. It's trying to hook up with that person. It's trying to do this. I, I want to win in this world. That's what matters. That's why I say these people who live like this, they're controlled by what they feel, see, think, want right now. And all of us can fall victim to that. All of us can fall into that of just saying, you know what, let the devil have tomorrow, Lord. Tonight I need a friend. I just don't care. I want it all and I want it now. And it is so dangerous. It is so unsatisfying. It is so emptying and damaging to our souls. 
Paul could have said it this way. I, this is, I heard a pastor once say it this way, that they, they have myopia. Myopia, right? It's short-sightedness. It's, it's when you can see things clearly right in front of you, but, but when you get 30 yards away, you don't see anything there. And for me, that's such a good picture of how the world around me lives and how I am often tempted to live. How my culture says to me, don't worry about tomorrow. Just, just live with it, all right? Just go with what you see. Go with what you feel. Go with what's in front of you right now. And Paul says this will kill us. This will absolutely kill us. Their destiny, he says, verse 19, the beginning part of it, their destiny is destruction. Their destiny is destruction. Their destiny is the end of their lives. And and friend, we need to recognize that. Nothing in this world can satisfy the hunger inside of us. There is no thing, there is no experience that can finally satisfy what you're looking for. Because you wake up in the morning and you say, that wasn't worth it. You wake up in the morning and you say, that was not what happened. It doesn't satisfy. And so Paul says, don't do this. I think this is why he talks about weeping. And I think Paul is weeping for those who live this way. He's not yelling at them as much as weeping for them. For those who are just so controlled by urges and desires and so on that they can't get up. You can picture people, right? You maybe have friends, maybe family members who keep ruining their lives because all they do is live for today. All they do is just live in the moment. Nothing in this world can satisfy the hunger inside of us and all those bright, shiny objects. They're going to fade away. You know, it's like, it's like at, at the kids at a carnival, right? You've done it. I did it when I was younger, and I saw my kids, and now I'm seeing my grandkids do it, right? Man, that sword is the coolest thing in the world, right? I mean, I think it's real steel. And so it's like, Dad, you got to put all your money. You got to make three baskets. Do you know how impossible that is? But no, you got to do it, right? God, I need that, Dad. I need it. I'll be happy. I'll never want anything again. You can give me that for Christmas and, and, and by birthday for the next 10 years because that's what I... And then we get it and it's plastic and it's cheap and it breaks. And it's sad when an eight-year-old do it, but it's really sad when a 57-year-old does it. It's really bad when we do it. Living for today will kill us. That's why Paul weeps, because he doesn't want us to just do that, to to focus on the the short stuff. Now, as Don said, this doesn't mean we can't enjoy the good gifts of today. Uh, We should. God, God God gives us good gifts. There are so many good things we can experience. Again, that house is a good gift. That boat can be a good gift. I'm not saying we don't enjoy those things, those experiences. They can be great gifts. A good meal is a wonderful gift, especially when shared with good friends, right? It's a good gift. But here's what we got to understand. The things that in this world can make great gifts make horrible gods. That's tweetable. The things of this world that can make great gifts, make horrible gods. That's what happens when we have myopia. That's what happens when we're short-sighted. That's what happens when we follow those who live for today. Paul says, don't do that. It will kill us. So, don't live for today. Rather, live for tomorrow. And when Paul talks about living for tomorrow, he's not just saying, like, Monday. Monday. 
No, he means tomorrow is the next age. It's the age to come. In the scriptures, it's clear. We live in this age, but there is another age, the new heaven and the new earth. There is another age that is to come. And, and, and Paul says we live out of that. This is Dawn's, right? Dawn's rope. There's this age, the red, and, and there's the rest of it, which is the age to come which is heaven, which is being with Jesus. And Paul says, don't live for this. We live in this, but don't live for this. Live for this. Live out of this. Again, three statements Paul makes in chapter, verses 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, he says. We're not, we're not focused, and, and we don't live here in this place. And, and then, again, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the end of that verse, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control and will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. All right, let's take each of those phrases again and unpack them just a little bit, all right? So our citizenship is in heaven. And what Paul means by this, and if we can get this, it is so important. What Paul means by that is we live in the here, we live now, but our true home is there. Our true home is then. And we recognize, and this is at the core of it all, that the world the way it is right now is temporary. Okay, friends, all this stuff we're chasing, all this stuff we're building our lives on, it's temporary. It's not going to last. But there is a kingdom that will last. And we want to live in that kingdom. We want to live for that kingdom. Uh, let me give you a picture of, of how I've, I've pictured this ever since I heard a pastor say it this way. Revelation 21, 21 says that the streets of heaven are paved with gold. Now, when I heard that, I always thought, well, what that means is that, is, is that it, it's just going to be, everything is going to be so over the top great. Everything is going to be so fantastic. And there's some truth to that. But I think there's another lesson. And, and think about this. When, when, when John says in Revelation 21 that the, that the streets of heaven are paved with gold, what I think he's saying is that this stuff we give our lives to in this world, we're going to walk on in the next. Gold, that seems like it's how you measure everything. It's just a paving stone. Right? Imagine that. If we saw money, a $100 bill is going to be like paper that we start a fire with. The, the, all this stuff, it's all going to get turned upside down. Everything is going to flip over. And, and that which we, we just sell our souls for in this world, that which we say we have to have, is going to end up showing itself to just not be worth that much. The gold and the diamonds. I mean, you're going to have a diamond door, do door knocker, and it's going to be like, why would you, you know, I mean, imagine that, that we actually do get to carry everything we have into heaven. And, and, and we, we, you know, we get gold, right? And we're like, yeah, I got all this gold. And they're like, okay, you, you got a couple of paving stones. Great, go ahead, put them down. Walk on them. That's, that's the change, right? That's what's going to happen one day, is it's going to get turned upside down. And we live not for today, but for then, and so instead of saying, I got to get gold, you see, in that day, that what we've done for people, that shines. That becomes gorgeous and big and beautiful, loving others. 
See, so I, I remember that in my country, in my true country, the there, the then, in the kingdom to come, in the new heavens and the new earth. You see, having a lot of gold doesn't mean all that much. Having a lot of love for people does. And so I live here, but I live for there. I live out of that. And, and, and for me, this makes such a difference. If I can learn to do that, it can set us free. It can set us free in so many ways. It sets us free from worry. Because you know what? And, 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 and not all worry. But it sets us free from recognizing, you know, we think about COVID. We think about presidential election. Friends, those are important issues. But they're temporary. Guess what? Whoever wins on November 3 is the president of the United States. But that's temporary. There's still a king of kings and a lord of lords. It doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we don't enjoy. It doesn't mean we don't work hard for justice in those things in this world. But we do so knowing that we'll never get there in this world. And I don't have to worry when it all falls apart. Because, and and, and I don't want this to sound as crass as it can sound. But friends, if it all falls apart, we get to go to heaven. If it's the end of the world as we know it, that's good news. We get to go home. We get to be with Jesus. And so, no, I don't celebrate those things. I don't look to try to do, and I don't say, oh, that's soft as just. No, I care. But I care less. When I, when I can do this, I can get things in their proper perspective. I can see them in their proper size. It's not the biggest deal in the world who wins the next presidential election. Vote, care, think Christianly, but that's not going to determine our security. That's not going to determine what matters. We can be free from that. We can be free from having to try to prove ourselves in the categories of this world, right? I don't have to worry about whether my house is bigger than yours. I can just enjoy it and invite you to enjoy it with me. I don't have to win in this world. That's why I say knowing this can set us free. All right, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. The next one, we eagerly await a savior from there. We don't eagerly await our next promotion. It might be nice. We don't eagerly await a bigger house, though that might be nice, but we eagerly await. We are hungry for Jesus Christ to come back because when Jesus Christ comes back, he will make all things new. When Jesus Christ comes back, then the hunger in my soul will finally be ultimately satisfied. When Jesus Christ comes back, then I'm going to be fixed and it's going to be so much better. Because the third one there, he will transform our lowly bodies by the power he has to make all things new. In that verse, Paul says, he will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. The older we get, the more important this becomes. (laughs) Because the more broken our bodies are. See, it's not just that the world out there is going to change. We will be changed. Our bodies will be changed. They will be healed. They will be cured. They will be back to what they were created to be. But not just our bodies, our hearts will be changed. I'm so looking forward to wanting the things that are best. Wanting the things Jesus wants me to want. I can't wait for that to happen. And so we eagerly await Jesus because 
he will change us and we will be changed. All right, again, this doesn't mean that we don't care about today. This doesn't mean that I don't care about my body today. It doesn't mean I don't care about these things. But they're in the right size. They have the right perspective. So those three things, right? Follow good role models. Don't follow those who live for today, rather live for tomorrow. And, and, and when we do this, we recognize this. And this is the heart of what Paul wants us to know this morning. When we live for today, we miss what matters most. When we live for today, we miss what matters most. But when we have our eyes on what's ahead, we can see what really matters today. You might worry and say, well, but if we become so heavenly minded, we'll be, you know, earthly good. No, we'll be better. Because <laughs> we'll say, look, this is what's going to matter then. I can love today. I don't have to win. I don't have to be better than you. I don't have to prove I'm right. I don't have to be defensive. I know Jesus Christ is coming to make all things new. Paul says in 4 verse 1, therefore, this is how you should live. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Live with that awareness. Don't live for today. Live today, but don't live for today. Live for tomorrow. That's the one that matters. That's the one that makes all the difference. And then, in a really interesting place, he he applies it, I think, to two people. And he names them by name. And he says, think about it. And he says, if you two, Euodia and Syntyche, two women who were having a fight, he says, I want you to get along, right? And I ask others to help you. And, And he ends with those words of, whose names are in the book of life. So what I think what Paul is saying is, and, and think about it this way, Syntyche, Euodia, think of anybody you're struggling with, or two people who are fighting. Remember, your, your names are written in the book of life. It's going to be okay. You're going to be in heaven together. Can that impact how you treat each other today a little bit? You might still disagree, but you recognize that what you're fighting about is probably not all that important. It, maybe it's important. But does it matter in the light of heaven? Does it matter in the light of what Jesus Christ is going to do one day? If it doesn't, then can you learn to get along? Disagree. But do so in the light of the fact that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Do so in the light of that. So friends, if you want to follow Jesus, if we want to follow Jesus, and I want to conclude with this, Hold on, we got to go back. Can you bring me back one? To take the long view of things. And and it's such a good gift. I, I invite you to not live for today, but to live out of that future that is coming when Jesus Christ makes all things new, including us. When when we see what's really important, people more than things, serving others more than winning. Live taking a view of the long haul and you will be able to follow Jesus today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these words of Paul. They're really helpful for us. Help us to to do this, to not follow those who live for today. It's so tempting because we get tired. Father, if there's one thing that describes a lot of us, we're tired and we're sick of it and we just want to feel good for 10 minutes. Father, remind us to look to the long view. 
Remind us to take a long view of things. Remind us that those things never will satisfy. Teach us to live in the freedom, in the freedom of knowing that through Jesus Christ, we can have new life, and one day all things will be made new. Help us to live in that joy and in that freedom. We pray this in his name. Amen.